green pastures. I know you're picturing lush fields of belly deep alfalfa as far as the eye can see. Well, get that picture out of your mind. Instead, see clumps of green along the arid landscape of the Negev Desert in Israel. That's more the biblical reality. And that's what our heart is for our weekly Green Pastures devotions published by Vineyard Boise. Our hope is that each day you'll find a wee clump of green along the all-too-often arid landscape of life, just enough to sustain you, to keep you moving forward. Each daily devotion consists of four strands, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. May the Lord lead us together into the green pastures we need today to continue growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Green Pastures for Monday, June 5th. Hebrews, this brief letter of few words. Today's scripture reading is found in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1-3 through 3, from the First Nations Version, which reads, Long ago, in many ways and at many times, the Great Spirit spoke to our tribal ancestors through the prophets. But now, in these last days, He has spoken to us through His Son, the one He has chosen to give all things to. It is through His Son that the Great Spirit made the world that is, the world that was, and the one that is coming. This Son is the light coming from the face of the Great Spirit in all of its bright shining beauty. What is true about the Great Spirit is true about the Son, for He represents Creator in every way. It is His powerful Word that holds the stars above, the earth below, and all things seen and unseen in their place. He came into this world to purify the bad hearts and broken ways of all people. When He was finished, He returned to the One above us all, to sit in the place of greatest honor at the right hand of the great mystery. This is God's Word. And thus begins what we have come to know as the book of Hebrews in our New Testament, which is self-described by the author, whose identity we really have absolutely no idea, as a brief letter of few words. Brief? Seriously? Now, 2nd and 3rd John are brief. Jude is brief. Philemon, brief. But Hebrews? Weighing in at 6,897 words, depending on your translation, with 13 chapters and 303 verses and taking a full 45 minutes to read in one sitting. Okay, this is hardly brief. Among the letters in the New Testament repository of ancient documents, only 1st Corinthians and Romans are longer. But then, there was the longest letter ever written to the tune of 25,513 words, a letter to the editor of the Upper Dauphin Sentinel of Pennsylvania written by John Saltzbaugh of Lycans, Pennsylvania, uh, written in eight parts over four months in 1979. So sure, compared with that, this is a brief letter of few words. And from this brief letter of few words is drawn our next anchor passage in this summer's procession of ten anchor passages, anchoring truths reflected in the words of Scripture that have served to keep our bark aright, to anchor us in the storm personally, collectively, globally, passages that have proven to be spiritual lifelines either for a season or for a lifetime. So this week we're going to settle into this brief letter, a few words, like an easy chair, 
even though there's little about the letter that is easy. In fact, it's downright prickly at times. And if you're not familiar with the Tanakh, that would be the Old Testament to you and me, or its basic storyline, then it will also be a bit perplexing. Ah, but who are we kidding? It can be a bit perplexing even if you are familiar with the Old Testament storyline. But settle in anyway. And might I recommend that you start by once again drawing from the beautifully helpful resources of the Bible Project and watch their eight-minute overview and summary of this letter to the Hebrews, which you can find at BibleProject.com. Just go to their video section, find Hebrews. Might I also recommend that you set aside an hour sometime this week and read through the entire letter to the Hebrews in one sitting. In fact, consider that your devotional homework assignment. Because that's right, these are the devotions that actually give you homework. Since this is such a lengthy, brief letter, there simply aren't the margins within these devotions, which I really do try to keep brief, meaning down to about 500 words per day and no more than about seven minutes, for us to hear the entire letter. So we'll have some key excerpts from each of the letter's key sections, just in case that hour-long appointment doesn't quite happen. Imagine that. But I have faith in you. You can do it. One hour, people. Read Hebrews this week. One sitting, if possible. Okay, and just in case you don't have time to watch the Bible Project overview, well, here's the gist of it. This letter of brief words, you see, clearly, I'm just not going to let that go. It's addressed by an unnamed author to a community of early Jesus followers who had a thorough background in Old Testament lore. If they weren't Jewish, they were Gentiles who'd been thoroughly exposed to the Jewish scriptures. Whichever the case, the author seeks to elevate Jesus as superior or better than the angels in the Torah, that's in chapters 1 and 2, Moses in the Promised Land, that's chapters 3 and 4, the Temple and its Priesthood, that's chapters 5 through 7, and the Sacrifices in Covenant, that's chapters 8 through 10. Jesus is better than the angels, better than Moses, better than Joshua and his promised land, better than Aaron, with a greater temple along with a better priesthood, better sacrifices, and a better covenant established upon better promises. Better, 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 better. And peppered throughout all of these betters are plenty of rather bitter, stern warnings, because this audience was seriously contemplating abandoning all of this bettery goodness and blending back in with the less pressured Jewish crowd. Don't even think about it, warns the author. Fix your eyes on Jesus and remember all those who have gone before you. Get on with running the race set before us. So there, in a brief nutshell of a mere 199 words, Hebrews author, take note, that's what brief means, is the letter to the Hebrews. Now, let's start dipping in, shall we? So as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, and that's what you do, right? Pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, like right now, and you ponder. Have you ever read the letter to the Hebrews? Have you ever read it in one sitting? Of course, after this week, you'll be able to say, yes, I have, I did. It took me 47 minutes and 33 seconds. 
What's your overall impression of the letter? Has this been a go-to book in the Bible for you, or have you tended to stay away from it? Why? You can't find firm footing in a swamp, but life rooted in God stands firm. Lord, so says the ancient sage in Proverbs, and so is life, a swamp when it's not a storm. Root my life in you, in the midst of the swamp or in the middle of the storm. Anchor me, ground me, center me in the realities of you, of your sustaining presence, of your unfailing love, through those words, those lines in season, which will be the light when all other lights go out. Even here, in this brief letter of few words that we know as the book of Hebrews. Through your mercies.